Hello and welcome to The Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Okay, good morning. Um, so, yeah, I want to share a bit about judgmentalism as opposed to judging. This is not something... When Daniel asked me what I want to share about, so I, you know, my first thought is I'll share about all the things which I feel like, you know, I could talk about in the past tense, things that I used to be challenged by, but by the grace of God working through this program, I could tell you the miracle that's happened and therefore I, I don't deal with this anymore. Um, think of a think of a bunch of things, which that really is true um, in all honesty, the, um, the miracles of this program, things, challenges, whether emotional, physical, spiritual that were were lifted miraculously from this program. Judgmentalism is one which has been <clears throat> accompanying me probably as long as lust and still is something which um, I'm aware of working the program uh, working the program on a work in progress. So that's something which I think I could share about more more humbly, honestly. Um, because I'm I'm a judging person now First thing I want to say is that for me, a lot of the, cha- the, the, the challenge I get about judging is, like, like many character defects, this is really, you know, judgmentalism is a character defect like all others, which the heart of the program, steps four through nine, and then the steps afterwards also was really made, was built to let me, to allow me to grow past these character, these defects of character, judgmentalism and others, which separate me from a higher power where I need to keep me sober. That's the context in a word. Um, part of the challenge I have about judgmentalism is that I believe in judgment, um, whether it's from my my faith tradition, from my own studies, from my worldview. I believe that there is right or wrong. Um, I spend a lot of my <clears throat> a lot of my life studying about the concepts, the practical applications of right or wrong. Even judging specifically is a, is a topic which I, I study and um, in academic sense a lot. So when I find myself judging in my head, I could get all confused because there is right or wrong. And I'm talking whether from the context of specifically acting out, um, all the, the judging myself, the shame, I'm going to talk about that soon, or just judging other people in general, there is right or wrong. And I want to be right. I want to be doing the doing the right thing, God's will. So why is it that I keep on getting stuck in judging? So that I'm, the, the truth is that that question is just in my head like so much of, of my problems, and which is what I'm so grateful for. Um, one of the biggest gifts of this program is that this program is not a thinking program. I am a, a professional overthinker, uh, pathological overthinking, overthinker. I thinking things is, exist as long as I could figure them out. And the gift of this program is that I don't need to figure it out. Um, what I'm what I want to, what I'm going to share about, what I want to share about judgmentalism, both the problem and the solution, isn't something that it's not a, a system which I, which is, which is methodological that I figured out. That's understood. That's not important. This is a program of action. The actions that I take, the choices that I make, that's what that's what matters. So, with that introduction, um, what's judging for me? So, when I was yeah, I was sitting down last night to kind of 
look at this. What is judging? Huh? And I kind of saw that there's really two things. There's two, there's two things which I think for me are kind of different. There's when I'm judging other people and when I'm judging myself. Mm. I want to kind of look at them differently because for me, they don't, they're, they each has its own, its own defect, its own defective character. And I work the program on each of them differently. First of all, when I'm judging mm. others, this really goes back to the first memories that I have. I remember when I was in elementary school, I would judge everyone for not my class, particularly for not being smart enough, for not understanding, for not being serious enough. Um, things that I would do myself. I wasn't exactly the most mature guy in the class myself either. And the for, just going back to those those really first memories of judging, I use judging as a way to be live separate from better than instead of part of. I'll judge you, whoever you are, whatever about anything, just so that I don't actually have to engage eye to eye, be part of something larger than myself. When I am deciding whether or not you're doing something right or wrong, whether or not I like you or don't like you, give you the check or the X, um, I, I would spend countless hours in a, in a deep obsessive state of, decide, of, of really very black and white. Is this person, is this idea, is this ideology, is this thing good? Is it white or is it black? Is it, does it work or does it not work? Do I approve of it or do I not approve of it? And all of that just sort of what all it really does is separates me from reality. It deepens that, that hole. It deepens my self-centered ego that I think that I'm going to um, decide what is the truth. This kind of deepened and definitely got a lot, got broader when I went into high school and then after high school, when I was starting to looking at the world around me, whether it was my own community or the countries even, definitely the whole world, deciding what the world needs to be doing, what the world should be doing, what the world shouldn't be doing. Um, I got lost in, in deciding and thinking and living in my own head about what should and should it be reality and here's the the main the, and this is really where the main point comes in of what really hurt me and hurt the world around me was that when i'm judging others whether it's people single people or a community or a country or the world in general for what they should should or shouldn't be doing i'm ignoring what's in front of me i'm, I'm ignoring what i need to be doing i'm ignoring my own life instead of me doing what god wants from me I'm living what everyone else has to do. The word which which has come, which has been in my mind for years already. Um, I think it really it's really what I'm doing when I'm judging. It's exporting. It's like I have an exporting business. You know, some people will grow oranges. That's what they do a lot over here in Israel. Grow oranges and then export the Jaffa oranges all over the world. So I grow character defects in myself. I grow selfishness, self-centeredness, dishonesty, ego. And then, but I don't, I don't want to look at them. I don't want to deal with them. I don't want to really see that I, that I have things in myself which aren't pleasant to, to acknowledge, to honor, to accept. So I'll export them onto you. I'll decide that you're self-centered. You have an ego. You're selfish. You're, you're self-centered. You think you know everything. You don't think enough for yourself. You're too spiritual. You're not spiritual enough. You're too tall. You're too short. You're too fat. You're too skinny. You're... You know, when it's like it was every character defect, when the character defect will get mixed in with lust, which is 
at the at the heart of my um, my sexualism itself that it it just compounds itself. You're too pretty. You're not pretty enough. The lust in it, the judging, the lust, um, allowing people to exist based on whether or not they fit my lustometer. Um, all of that is serve is is instead of me looking at myself and me looking at who am I, what do I want to be doing, what are my choices, what is the what is the how, what is the life that I want to be doing, what does God want from me? I'm looking at what God wants from you. I'm deepening the emptiness. I'm deepening the hole because the truth is, there's nothing I could do about what what other people are or aren't. Um, the the fascinating thing, the the strangest thing about mm-hmm. about how I judge is that. I'll judge other people for doing the exact same things that I do. I just want to, yeah, one story I had, just, uh, there's endless amounts of examples really, but the, just a couple of days ago, I was um, visiting, it was another city. I met a friend who I hadn't seen before, um, hadn't seen it in a long time. And he's kind of, could be, um, it could be some of you all I've heard, but there are different people, different people have different views about how this, current coronavirus, we should relate to it, whether we should be really careful and follow all sorts of instructions or not. Um, That's an outside issue, if there ever was any. But on that outside issue, this fellow old friend that I met had a very different um, perspective than I did. Uh, And just the way he was dressed, uh, the way I was dressed really brought that out. And And we kind of got in a bit of a conversation and I'm grateful that there was, there was kind of like, this is what's so, yeah, this is what's so beautiful. I want to get up to that in a minute about the, the solution of this program, the step 10 part of this program, that it's not black and white, that I was, there was, uh, there was, I, there was, I was in a way surrendered in a way I really saw my judging coming up. Um, I didn't get into a real full blown argument. I heard him out. I said that I don't understand it. Uh, the, looking back, I saw that I was judging him. I, really could have just not engaged. You know, this person obviously has a totally different way of looking at it. His way of looking at it doesn't work for me. Instead, I, I heard him out. I got involved. I said my opinion a little bit. Nuances. Grateful I didn't get into full-blown argument. But the, the fascinating thing is that what was his argument? His argument was about, it was a very judgmental argument, what my mind told me. And this was that I was turning around in my mind afterwards for 10, 15, 20 minutes and it was in my head the whole day in a way that he was making a whole sort of judgmental evaluation, which was his emotions overcoming his intellect, instead of him really looking at it, what reality is, he was just getting angry at people for not looking at the world the same way he does. And therefore he was just reacting emotionally. Um, That was the whole story I told myself in my head. But then when I was actually able to sit a little bit and be honest and look at myself, that was exactly what I was doing. Like exactly. I was looking at this friend of mine, this fellow, and I was deciding what I was doing is that I was judging him for having a different way of looking at the world. I was letting my, my self, my emotional self, um, over, overtake what the, what the reality was for me, what was going on in front of me, which was just meeting an old friend. Um, I was getting lost inside myself. I was judging, I was judging him for my own judging that I was doing myself. That's that that's classic example of how I could export my own character defect of <clears throat> judgmentalism, this look, it, it gives me um, a sense of life, a sense of vitality, um, but it's all a lie. There's nothing to it. I'm just living something which has no reality to it. That's in a sense the, yeah, that's basically how, what, what goes on when I'm the, my story of 
judging other people. There's another level, there's another aspect, there's another, another sort of judging that I do, um, which is judging myself. And that, I think, you know, that's something different. That's what, for me, that really is, it's a lot about shame. Um, and this also goes back to my, my first memories. Um, it's also very interwoven with lust that there is a, there's, I have a deep hole, a deep emptiness, which only God could fill. And when I'm judging myself for being bad, evil, because of all my acting out, or if it's just for making a mistake, for being distracted, the, the real intense example, very in current years, you see this, this program is, has, has miraculously given me something called a life. I actually have this thing now where I wake up in the morning, live a day and go back to sleep, which I did not have for most of my adult life. Um, now that I actually have a life and day, a day to do things, a day to do things, um, I challenge very often by trying to have one day, only one day. I like doing a week of things or a month of things or a year of things in one day. So something which I'll notice a lot on my nightly inventories, which I'll get to in a minute into the, into the solution part of this is my judging myself for not having done enough, for not having done well enough, for not having accomplished enough, judging myself for, um, for wasting time, that, that, that tension. I'm shaming myself with my judgment because I'm playing God. I'm thinking that I'm the one who has to, just like when I'm judging other people, I'm putting myself in the center. I'm the self-centeredness. I'm the one who decides what everyone else should do. I decide in my head what reality is. I'll do the same thing for myself and I'll shame myself. I'll deepen the emptiness. Nothing comes out of it. I'm just saying I should have done this. I should have done that. Look, look, I, I'm going to push harder. It, do, it doesn't build anything. It's not looking at myself like this program has taught, to, taught me to do. I'm just deepening the, the sense of that, that I'm not worthy, that um, I'm a victim. I can't, I, nothing will come out of me. I'm not even going to try. How many times did I act out because, and just go deeper into the whole of acting out because, well, I've acted out anyways. I messed up. I'm not worth anything. Might as well. Who cares? That's me judging myself. That's me evaluating myself. That's me deciding what I need to do instead of, and, and that's just the most extreme example, but it's true. If I've acted out five minutes ago, that's, that's already by now reality. My acting out five minutes ago was is as much my ability to control and decide as much as you're acting out or you're being too tall, too short, too smart, too stupid, whatever, whatever it is. There, there's nothing I could do about it. When I'm living that reality of, of the past or the future, instead of what is in front of me right now, what does my higher power want for me? I'm also deepening that self-centered uh, whole, that emptiness, it's self-perpetuating. So the, like, like most of these, like most character defects for me, my, judgmentalism is going to go back to like the big book describes um, my self self-centeredness, self-centered in the extreme, like the, like Bill wrote in the 12, in the, in the 12 of 12 in step one, I think that I'm the one in my own head, the way I look at reality, the way I think things should be, that's how things should be. If something is different, there's a problem. If I'm different than how I, I want to be, how I think I should be, I've got to change that. If I think you're different, I've got to, it's my business for me to, for me to change you and to be in, and to resent you until you change. Um, that's my, my self-centeredness is as long as I'm, as I'm living that way of, 
I am the center of reality. I'm not going to really get anywhere out of this thing. I'm going to be always living your life, what you should be doing instead of my own. I'm going to be judging you. I'm going to be judging myself. I'm going to be living in what's not instead of what is. The solution which the program has given has given me, which I'm so grateful for, is which is really all I really know um, from this program, is this th thing called the 12 steps. Um, and like all character defects, my sponsor has taught me that I can work the steps on all character defects. Lust is where I start and continue and finish. Definitely lust is at the, at the core of it. But um, whenever I'm doing a 10-step inventory, I say I'm powerless over lust and whatever the thing that's in front of me is, my life has become unmanageable and continue and continue on working the steps on that thing that's in front of me. Um, step one is the beginning of, of the way out of this life of sitting on that pedestal, playing God, deciding from my own head how the world has to be instead of making it peace with the world, just by the simple act of admitting powerlessness. That was the first chink in the armor of self-centered God and playing, making myself into God because when I know that my life is unmanageable and that I'm powerless and that I can't run my own life and that I've got a problem and that I need help, now maybe I'm not so qualified to decide what has to be. I'm starting to enter this thing called reality. I'm starting to find a world, a reality, people which are outside of my own head, my own thinking. When I realize that my own thinking has gotten me to this problem, to this place where I have a problem which I can't solve, which I can't get, which I can't get past by my own thinking. I love that line we say in the reading. It talks to me. It really, really, I really identify with it, that we've taken ourselves in, out of the whole context of right or wrong. Um, that line really talks to my judgmentalism. I judge right or wrong. And again, like I said at the beginning, I believe that, this, that there's this thing called right or wrong. My problem is that I'm not, I'm not qualified to be the judge. My disease is that there's right or wrong and I'm going to decide what's right or wrong. If you're right, you're great. You get to exist. If you're wrong, you don't exist. Of course, right or wrong is all relation of how it works for me, whether I like it. Um, when, I, when I learned that I've taken myself out of the context of right or wrong, it's not that I've decided that I'm wrong and I'm so helpless and I'm so hopeless. It's that the whole that whole evaluation in my head of what things should or shouldn't be, it's gotten me nowhere. I can't I can't live that way. I don't know why. I have this disease that I know something is wrong and I can't stop doing it. I know something is not working for me. I believe whether it's from my 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 religious upbringing, whether it's from the what works for me in reality in my family or my or relationships or anything, it's wrong. It doesn't work. It's killing me, but I can't stop. So judging right or wrong, evaluating isn't going to get me anywhere. I start that in step one. Um, definitely, whenever I'll notice the, whenever I'll notice in an inventory on step five, I notice judgmentalism as a character defect coming up in an inventory. So then I get to work step six and seven, which are which are all the steps are beautiful. But six and seven are really a very a, a very spiritual process. I get to look at myself. Um, my sponsors taught me whenever at every character defect, and this, this this one included, to look at this specific situation, what is the corresponding asset that I'm willing from a higher power to give me instead of the this defect? So what is the opposite of judging in a in any given situation? Sometimes it'll be acceptance, sometimes it'll be surrender. 
there are times when I'll see that the opposite of judging would be looking at myself instead of looking at this other person. And then in step seven, in the seven step prayer, I get to ask God to take away my character defect and replace it with that aspect because I'm powerless over my judgmentalism, just like I'm powerless over every character defect, just like I'm powerless over lust. Um, step 11 also is something which that's actually been in recent months, last half a year, I've been noticing a lot of my, of my judgmentalism and, and surrendering it in meditation, particularly. It's, um, it's such a profound really experience just to be sitting, trying to making the effort, making the choice of being aware of whether it's my breathing, whether it's my, the senses in my body, whether it's my thoughts, um, whether it's my higher power, praying to my higher power, and my mind gets distracted a lot. Um, I have a disease of distraction. <laughs> Just like my eyes get distracted, my mind gets distracted. My mind gets pulled into, pulled into all sorts of thoughts. And then I notice the judging coming in. You're not praying and meditating. You're not working the step. You're not looking for conscious contact with God. You're just, you're just getting stuck in yourself. Why are you thinking about that thing? Think about, and because that's what I'm trying to do in prayer meditation. That's what I'm trying to do in step 11. Step 11, my sponsor, is, my sponsor told me, which, which has very much been my story, that step 11 is really the, the goal of this whole program. Step 11 is the life of recovery. The first 10 are to get to there. 12 is to keep it, to keep it alive, um, to keep it vibrant, to keep it moving. 11 is the description of a life of recovery. When I'm working step 11, um, I'm, living the, I'm living the solution. Everything in my life could be um, uh, an expression of step 11 if I choose to make it, of prayer, of turning to God, turning to my higher power, and listening to my higher power. So when I'm trying to make set aside time to actually do that, and I notice my mind doing other things, I get into this judging place. But the, the beauty of the step is that I get to work the step on that too. I get to notice in the in the spirit of prayer and meditation that I am judging myself. I get to let go of yeah what I was sharing before, which is the yeah the the heart of this character defect. I get to let go of the judging of the judging. I get to say, oh wow, I'm judging myself for being distracted. Look at that. That's who. That's the type of person I am. God, I'm bringing you into this. God, I'm powerless over my own judgmentalism over my distractions. I could be aware of that. I could bring that into what, um, what, what is the reality for me? Um, that's like, I'm saying that like that in a, you know, that's a really, that's a really practical, um, focused way of noticing that, but I could do that in any, in any time I notice myself being distracted by what I think other people should or shouldn't be doing, or what I think I should or shouldn't should be doing, I could bring step 11 into that. I could bring awareness to that. I could, I could notice that, well, that's who I am. That's what I'm, that's what I'm doing. I did that this week when I was sharing before with my friend, when I was starting to beat myself up for judging his judging, I think that's what it is. Then um, I'm so grateful. I just, I, I paused and I said, oh, wow, that, well, that's what happened. You know, that, that what happened was, is that I met this friend and um, I had planned on doing something else, but because we had a conversation, I ended up um, didn't have time for that other thing I wanted to do, and that that was the reality, and that's all right. This was that was it was a day I had day, a day I had off. This is what that day looked like, and that let go of that of that of that um that freed me from that that tension, that stress of me needing to force the reality to my way. Instead, I was able to make some sort of peace with the way things actually were. Um, 
step 12 also is such a great way of me uh, of that of helping of helping me to let go of of judgmentalism for a very simple reason which is yeah i don't have it figured i don't have it figured out exactly why it is but it's just so true if i'm judging i'm not going to be useful to anyone that's just a fact um, whether it's with another with another sexaholic, whether it's sponsoring or not sponsoring, um, my wife, family. If I'm in a place of deciding what should or shouldn't be, I'm in the shoulds. If I'm in that headspace, I'm not going to be able to be of help to anyone. I'm just busy deciding what other people should or shouldn't be doing. If I want to be of service, it's going to have to start with just even the word service. I'm going to have to start with some humility. I'm going to have to start with with being willing to accept other people, myself, exactly as they are at this moment. What can I do to give? What can I do to add? How can I let go of that needing to feel powerful that I'm the one who's going to decide how things will be and I'm going to mold you to my reality instead? What can I give? And that's just the way it works. That's the way reality works, the way God made the world. Um, I tried, yeah, many years before program. Oh, wow, I tried being of service from a judgmental place, definitely. Um, tried fixing people, fixing my wife, fixing my family, fixing my parents, fixing the world, fixing, um, fixing my school, fixing my community, fixing my country, fixing everything. All the dreams I had in my head, it didn't get nowhere. Uh, I remember, I remember clearly having that sense even when I would talk to people that people felt, wow, this is this this is a nice guy. He's got some potential maybe of being of service to people. But I remember getting that sense from people that I was I was just too overbearing, too trying to too try and change, not not in um not in not in not connecting. Um, so when I'm working the steps, when I'm when I'm willing to to bring the bring our twelve steps to this character defect again, just like all character defects. Um, it, the 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 gift of this is, which is yeah, like the like the title from judgmentalism to using judgment. Um, I'm able to use my judgment. There's a line in the big book. Uh, I think it's in step ten or eleven about how when I'm living the solution of this program, I'm allowed to use my brain because God gave us minds to think. That oddly enough, when I'm not the judge, judging is really at the center of what it means to be. Uh, a human being in recovery because <clears throat> if I'm going to be trying to do God's will to do it, be doing the uh, the next right thing, doing what's in front of me, I'm going to have to make choices. I've taken myself out of the context of right or wrong. So all of that thinking of there's some right or wrong out there. How am I going to decide what it is and make everyone and myself be like, yeah, that's not going to work, but it doesn't work for me. Don't know why. What does work for me is that I'm able to try to discern, to try to do my best to understand what is God's will in front of me? What is God's will for me? Just a few examples of what that looks like. Um, one place which I, one time, which I really, I really got a, just got a really good picture of that, a snapshot of what, what that looks like using judgment was, um, it was a bunch of us, we went to a meeting of a different fellowship, a 12-step, different 12-step fellowship. Um, actually, I think we were all members of SA also, mm-hmm. but Basically, it was, there was an old timer um, from both fellowships there also visiting from America. And after we were walking out, and this guy was sharing with us how he, he was at this meeting. It was a new meeting for him. And he was saying that he really enjoyed the meeting. He got a lot. He was sharing the, the experience and hope that he had heard. And then he kind of shared the how that, you know, there's it's not just like, oh, it was all a bunch of 
roses, so nice. No, there were there were a lot of people who were still in their disease there. And he kind of, he shared with us how it's important to be able to go to a meeting and that the meeting, the essay meeting is just the, it's the microcosm for everything, for the whole world, to be able to see what is it that I want from here? What is here that I don't want from here? If I'm just going to be, well, everything works for me. There's no, it all, it all doesn't make a difference. I like everything. I'm going to end up um, pretty confused and not really much of use. Um, I need to have, I need to be able to take care of myself. I need to be able to be a lot of, a lot of being of service means to be able to be responsible to others, to be able to be helpful, to be able to have an opinion. Um, very much in line with my judgmentalism. I'm a very opinionated fellow and recovery is starting to teach me that that's all right. It's great to have opinions. Uh, my opinions can be of service to myself, to others, to God, as long as they remain, this is what it the world looks for me. This is what I'm going to take from other people in the world around me. Maybe it'll be of help to you too. Not that I need you to take it. I'm not even going to need a, if I'm in the solution, I don't even need to decide what exactly you're taking or not taking from me. Um, way I heard it as a conference, um, old timer said that I'm always learning from my sponsor. I'm learning what I want from him and I'm learning what I don't want from him. That's using judgment. I'm learning. I'm not judging my sponsor. I could judge my sponsor from it to tomorrow. Then I'll get nothing from him when I'm thinking about what he should be, how he should be sponsoring him. I could use judgment in that um, seeing, well, what is here that I want to take and what is here that I don't want to take? Obviously, yeah, not talking about sponsorship, you know, obviously to, to a certain extent, I'm just going to take what I like, then I um, um, won't get too far either. Uh, a miracle definitely has happened happened in my life this week. I want to really want to share about that also. I'm going to wrap up soon. With uh, I had a... Um, a big project that I worked on. Uh, one of the things I do for a living is editing and a big project that I worked on for years uh, um, really came um, finished, came out, was published. And, um, and that was, that was just really seeing that that book was such, was, I'm so grateful for the, the miracle of this program because um, besides the, yeah, besides the temptations for judgmentalism within that project, which definitely there were, and I really needed to let go of them. I couldn't let them, um, letting them, if I would be judging the people in charge of the product, how the project should work, needing to be in charge of it, an editor will never get, as an editor, mm -hmm. I wouldn't get anywhere. But the miracle, the real miracle was, and with that, with every editing project, is the ability to use judgment. When someone gives me a piece of writing and says, can you edit this? What they're saying is, please judge this, and I'm going to pay you for it. That's what editing is. Um, and yeah, I guess that kind of goes in line. I'm a... Um, like every character defect, my sponsors told me that there's that there's no really there's, there's no real such thing as character defects and assets. There's character traits. The defect is when they're out of sync, when they're self-based. The asset is when it's being used for God's will. So as a judgmental guy, it could be that's where I've gotten some some editing talents from too. Um, and being able to take a project and to use my judgment. Again, I don't get to decide how exactly the project will work. It's not my project, it's not my piece of writing. I'm not the boss. The other fellow is the boss, but I get to use my judgment to see, is this organized well? Is this good grammar? Should this period go here? And so on and so forth. And um, practicing that is practicing the, that's that's step eight, step nine of judgmentalism, practicing the immense to myself and others. Um, so that's, yeah, that's just a, a bit of a, a bit of an example of how, what that could look like using judgment. When I shift that, judgmental mind to letting God be the judge. I'm not the judge anymore. I'm not the one who decides the judgment, but I'm going to use the brain that God has given me 
to do what's in front of me, to try to be able to discern what's in front of me. That's the solution which the program offers through working the steps. Um, yeah, we're at 1035, so I'll, yeah, I'll wrap up here, Daniel, and I guess, yeah, thank you for letting me share. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you so much. That's probably one of the most important talks of the entire sim, honestly. But then I'm biased because I'm such I have such a personal thing about judging. Like for me, judging is like really one of my top plates always. And 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 listening to your listening to your talk, I'm seeing a little bit down the line, a little bit in my future of having more self awareness of it, of really bringing it up to the surface, top plate, and being able to work the steps over it. Um, so thank you very much. It was really, really, really good. Um, so we do have a few a few questions that have come in. The first one, um, well, it's it's not related to to, to judging specifically, but uh, you know we're not we're not we're asking for your ESH and everything. And that is, uh, um, how do I forgive myself for my past wrongs? If you have any ESH on that, how do I forgive myself for my past wrongs? Um, Two things come to mind. Um, yeah, that's definitely a challenge. Um, the first thing is that there is that line of um, that I mentioned before. We've taken our um, we've taken ourselves out of the context of right or wrong. That this shift, which really, yeah, it's really, it's not this. Yeah, I said that in the beginning, and uh, yeah, it's it's something which is which has been so much so important for me. It's not a intellectual shift. It's a a willingness shift, the shift from right and wrong to sick and well, that when I'm, when I look at myself as in the context of right or wrong, that I did wrong things, I did things which deserve to be judged. Um, then, um, then I'm stuck in, in the self blame and the shame. If I'm able to see myself as ill, as having a problem, then that way, there, there, it doesn't have the that emptiness anymore. Again, it's not an intellectual shift. It's not that I've decided there's no such thing as right or wrong, and it's not that I've decided that I am that I'm in the right. It's not that it's not that. Well, I was perfect. I was right for what I did. It's that instead of using the mind that I have in this present moment, I'm instead choosing to focus on me being an ill person. How can I become better through? being willing for my higher powers, love and caring for me to allow me to stay sober today. Um, the, the reasoning behind all this is something which is really, really simple. And I wouldn't even really call it reasoning. Um, like I said, I definitely believe in, in right or wrong. The thing is that if I'm going to, if I'm going to be acting superficially, simply based on my beliefs that I did all sorts of wrong things, let me now be right. I tried that for many years. I'm going to still stay in the wrong. It doesn't work. I just keep on acting out. I keep on, on being destructive. I keep on living in the hole and emptiness. Um, if I'm going to let go of that way of thinking, not that it might not be the real thing out there. If I'm going to be willing to, um, what is in front of me right now? What does my higher power want from me? How I'm an ill person. I see these problems in me, which I'm choosing to admit I'm powerless over. I can't stop it. I don't know why, but I can't stop it. God help me. I'm going to work the steps on that. Then I can stay sober. And then, which I think is really the key of how I, of how I'm able to let go of, of 
of the of the guilt and the shame for my past wrongs to forgive myself because when over a period of of when the the today's the 24 hours of sobriety turn into weeks into months into years maybe decades i'm not there yet um don't know if i ever will be there and i don't have to be there because i only need to work the program today um but as time goes on and i'm living what we call the solution i'm living in in god's will and sobriety and happiness and, and happiness in wholeness then the that shame kind of works itself out like step nine and that was the second thing the second point i want to make quickly which is the step eight and nine step eight and nine were were for me um literally miraculous in terms of this uh, the the mountain of shame of 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 mostly it was what I was carrying on me of my own of the of me beating myself up by owning my 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 harm owning my instincts gone gone riot with the other person the the loads that were that were taken off were were literally um, again literally miraculous so part like the 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 white book um, shares a lot about that step eight and a half is forgiveness I heard at a conference one and I've practiced that um, practicing with myself what i would have wanted to have been given by others is a way of practicing forgiveness so that that, that step eight nine process um again it's an action thing it's, a, it's the act the action of living differently really really has has really works so i think that's in a nutshell i'll end with that you know one sentence it's um it's the actions of living the steps living the solution works um i don't i don't have any intellectual figure it out answer i don't know if there is any Hope that helps. Yeah, Daniel. Hi. Um, can you tell the difference between gossiping and judging if there is a difference at all? Gossiping and judging. Um, okay, my first reaction is to judge the question as a thinking question. Um, if I could get past my judging, um, gossiping. What I remember, I had a conversation once about my with my sponsor about gossiping. He was telling me about that. In yeah, I guess really all I could, what I could offer about that maybe um, the tradition twelve, the principles above personalities. We have we have two two anonymity traditions in our program. There's the anonymity. There's the tradition of of press, radio, TV, films, which is kind of black and white. Then in the 12 and 12 on um, tradition 12 describes another another type of anonymity, which is within the fellowship and not just within the fellowship, it's within our, all of our families, um, family relationships, business relationships, whatever it is, that it's the foundation of all our spiritual principles reminding us to place principles above personalities. Um, gossiping is pretty much but definition putting personalities above principles when i'm sharing this person did this this person did that politics for sure um families maybe more for sure what i'm doing is um, i'm living in this thing of of personalities i'm not living in, in i'm not living in principles in reality in what can i give to the world um what can i offer what can i create i'm living in Perhaps yeah, it's really is. It definitely is definitely related to judging. I'm living in in personalities and people in that chess game of how things should should work and shouldn't work. So maybe I would say yeah, maybe I would say Jack um, that like gossiping might be the place where the judging gets that that personality twist. And as a 
as a self-centered sexaholic, that that's really, that's something which is really strong in me because um, I remember going through life for years and I'm still have that piece in me that I'll think something is right just because I think it, that's enough. Um, I decided, of course it's right. That's the personality above principles. Um, so then when I put other people on the play, the people who I think are right, the people who I think are wrong, how they think should or shouldn't be, um, when all that gets involved, I'm heading nowhere fast. Hope that helps somehow. Thank you. Uh, the next question was amazing. And by the way, the feedback has been unbelievable on the on the uh, Twitterverse or the WhatsAppverse from everyone. Awesome. Um, awesome. That, I like that also. I just want to share. Yeah, you know, judging goes both ways. So, like, my judgmentalism yeah. also was, you know, when people will judge me for being good, you know, taking us off of the context of right or wrong, the right is there too. And that, yeah, that's important, you know. <laughs> I need to let go of that too, of me being right. <laughs> I actually wanted to share that, that I'm judging you for being so good. I actually wanted to share that. Uh, before, so the question is, um, that, yeah, yeah. What what's going on in my? Uh, amazing how you describe what's going on in myself. She, she said, "So good to hear it spoken out loud." And I really just uh, that was my experience as well. Um, how are you dealing with it on a daily basis? And you did touch on it in the second part of your talk, but just in a very you know linear sense. Okay, um, so I, yeah, I think I would say I'm not. Um, it, it just bring your mind. I was talking with another with another program member um, the other day. Kind of that point came out um, that yeah, I know I'm kind of putting words in the putting words in the question's mouth. Um, but like kind of you know dealing with working on. I, I don't really deal with or work on anything in this program. Um, the, I, I tried that. I remember yeah, my sponsor really really helped me understand that that. Um, when I sit down, sit down at the table and decide right now, I'm going to be focusing my program on this or on that. That's in a way judging, um, but that's self. There's this thing, there's this little thing called God. Um, and God, God will put in front of me whatever character defect or asset is my current path to him. He knows how to figure that out. He's really good at it. Um, I don't know why, but lust, he put first and foremost, right at the center, big and huge as my path to him. Um, I get reminders of that definitely daily, sometimes minutely. Um, but all character defects would be like that. So whenever whenever some sort of judging situation or fear, you know, I, yeah, I could have shared the same thing about, you know, fear. Fear is also, um, although, yeah, miraculous, interestingly, fear has really in a way been lifted a lot. Fear was for a few years very much at the, at the forefront um, today might be more judging and some other things. Um, so uh, yeah, I'd kind of let, let, let God figure what exactly will be in front of me. And then the way I'll deal with it is pretty much all in the same way, which is this thing called the 12 steps, um, work 10, 11, and 12, which is really one through 12 on that situation. Kind of like I was describing before. So I guess the main thing I would, I would say, which is kind of that, that um and I'm not just yeah I'm not I'm not just trying to I'm not just dodging the question I'm trying yeah I think that the, the real truth is is to to let it let it come up where it comes up let it let it be and then when I notice myself when I notice it happening first be willing to let go of judging the judging and then work work the steps on the situation you know I'll never I'll never like sit down to write a fourth step about judgmentalism I'll sit down to write a fourth step about this disturbance this resentment this fear judgmentalism will come up in that um same thing with 11 and 12 yeah that's what i've got on that thank Thanks. you 
So the, the next question um, uh, is, is, is quite a long one. And I think it, it's, just, it's, it's probably more a request for your experience, strength and hope. Um, but I'll read what, I read what she says. I'm in my fourth step, which has been a struggle to do because I've struggled with social media. So much so I had to quit WhatsApp because I like to compare myself with my peers, especially when I feel things are not going the way I want them to. This would make me resent people who are doing things I aspire to do. I used Acta when I was feeling like this, but since joining SA, I stopped. I have picked up hobbies to help me keep away from social media, but there are those what? times I have picked up hobbies to help hobbies. me keep help me keep away from social media. But there are those times when I will log into Instagram and on my feed, I see people doing better. It makes me resent my efforts. And sometimes I struggle to surrender these emotions to my higher power. So there's no question there, but, but I think it's comparative judgment. And what's your experience, strength and hope on that? Um, yeah, sounds like a day in the life of a sexaholic in recovery. Um, I could hear my sponsor saying, life is in session. Um, the only thing I'll add is um, both a gentle push and a piece of hope is to get through the steps. Did I hear that this person is on step four? Yes. Yeah. So, so get a sponsor who will work the steps um, and do what he or she says and um, one last thing I'll add is that I was also all in the beginning, which really, yeah, might be more related to this topic than it seemed on the surface. And, um, the first few years I was all hooked up about all sorts of other things I wanted to work the program addictions that I thought I might or might not have, um, whether it was food or like you were describing here, um, um, social media stuff. And I was, my sponsor kind of would a lot would, would suggest to just, just get sober from lust, you know, work the steps. Um, one thing at a time, there's that, there's also some sort of aspect of that deciding what reality is when I see I have so many problems, I wanna get them all at once. Um, many of these things, many of those things when I'm living in a spirit of surrender, living in a spirit of working the steps, work themselves out, not all. Sometimes I will need to go to uh, another program after a period of years. I've done that one and a half times besides us, I'm in one and a half other programs so far and counting. Um, but but letting, it, letting the process unfold, letting it unhappen, letting it happen by itself, letting this, what I was saying about working the steps, you know, you could, um, she, she or he, she was a she, right? She could, she could work, um, work, put a, a lot of there, there's a lot of grist for the mill of the 12 steps in that, whether it's um, comparing, jealousy, expectations, judging, and working the steps on that on an ongoing basis, um, particularly, you know, getting through the cleaning house, the four through nine, so that then then I could continue to grow in today in step 10, 11, and 12 would, um, it works miracles and it's worked miracles for the last 85 years. Thank you. Um, how did you, uh, how do you bring God into your judgment? That's a good question. Um, yeah. I'm very capable of just forget. I'm 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 really capable of talking a lot about God and thinking a lot about God, but then forgetting about it that it's actually real. Um, letting my ego get in the way. So, what would I do? How do I? How would God be part of this judgment? Um, what comes to mind is really 
yeah, you know, one, two, three, eleven, really. There, there, there's the I can't, God, you could. The the letting, letting six and seven, really. Also, letting letting it be his problem. Letting my judging not be my own problem. The same way my lust isn't my problem. The same way my fear isn't my problem because I'm powerless. So, if I'm able to accept my judgment, that's the problem. I can't accept my judgment. I, I need to have it going somewhere, just like just like with the lust. The lust is the most is the place where I feel that the most acutely. But it's like that with every character defect, um, paralyzing fear, uh, judgmentalism. Um, it needs to be going somewhere. That's what steps one, two, and three are are showing me. The way they are going somewhere, steps one, two, and three are, are wonderful steps, but they're they're a basis. The big book doesn't even really talk talk about steps in one and two. Um, that that'll happen in in eleven a lot in six and seven when I'm taking an inventory a written inventory and I'm sharing that and I'm giving over that character defect to God on a regular ongoing basis forgot to say before but um, I do a nightly inventory what I was taught to in step ten um, like it says in the big book like it describes in the big book in the big book it's step eleven um, but noticing judging coming up through the day and this is another fascinating thing I'll in my it took me a few years to even be aware of this, but um, to notice that I'll be judging my judging in my nightly inventory and to instead of judge my day to inventory my day and then say the seven step prayer and, and give over all those character defects. The seven step prayer is such a such a, a godly prayer. My creator, I'm now willing that you should have all of me good and bad. And then I pray, God, don't just take all away that I just, what it's not what I decide is a character defect. You take it away at my pace. Now it's that you take away the character defects that stand in the way of my usefulness to you and others. There's some character defects or things which appear to me like character defects, which could be useful to others. Like I was sharing before with the editing, for example, um, letting God figure out what it is in, in, um, in the seven step prayer in the context of, of step 10. And, and then, um, just plain old prayer, step 11, uh, what the big book describes at the end of uh, the end of step 11 on um, page 87, all the way at the end over there, uh, asking God for the right thoughts or actions, admitting I'm not, lo- I'm not running the show. Whenever I'm not running the show, it means that my judge, um, it means I'm letting go of my judgmentalism, that those, those few sentences, stopping, pausing and saying those sentences, the big book describes, um, I think that's how I would, I would say in a nutshell, how God comes into it. Okay, thank you. And um, we can't obviously read out all the positive feedback you're getting because we're running to the questions, but there's a lot of love and appreciation coming uh, coming your way. So, so the next question um, starts, I've complete, I completely identify with what you've shared. Thanks a lot. What is your experience regarding living in the mind? I think what he means is living in the mind, destroying your experience of emotion, especially love and being joyous. Um, I'm experiencing all these concepts of judgmentalism and all the other character defects, but I'm not able to experience and feel love, joy, connectedness. I still feel like a stone most of the time, although I have wonderful kids, a wife, a good job. So everything looks good in the outside, but it doesn't feel that way in the inside. What are your thoughts? Everything's good on the outside, doesn't feel good on the inside. Um, yeah, it sounds like it sounds like that. It sounds like person is really identifying with what um, what we say in the beginning of meetings. Our insides never match the outsides of others. Um, 
I really identify as the first thing. Yeah, the that that the lack of the lack of really being able to feel what I'm feeling, to be where I am, um, to be going to be going through life, experiencing what's the actions that I'm taking, um, which is a big part of why why I want to pull it all down through acting out because I'm not, not feeling it anyways. Um, sorry for sounding, sounding like a broken record, but all I could think of is working the steps. Um, Cause I'm kind of thinking like, yeah, that's the story of my life. Um, it's still the type of guy I am today. Almost definitely. Um, sometimes I even have moments and days like that. Um, has there been any specific event or action that I could do beyond working the 12 steps of Sexaholics Anonymous that has made this not the, not my regular way of living? Not really. Um, staying sober is a beginning. They say like, you know, when I stay sober, I feel better. I feel everything better. Um, the good feelings, the bad feelings. Um, but staying sober as a dry drunk will, could, I, I guess I could be capable of still, you know, suppressing the feelings of just, um, white knuckling it, like we call it. So that won't get me too far either. Um, but then when, when feelings come up, negative feelings, negative emotions, not liking situations, resentments, fears, shame, and in situations and working the steps on specific situations as they come, bringing my higher power into it through steps four through nine, which is what step 10 is, one through nine, which is what step 10 is. And then building a, a relationship with my higher power through step 11, being of service to others, getting deep into service, having that, like the big book describes that, that miracle of seeing God working miracles through me, through my disease, things kind of start to shift. There's a certain consciousness, a certain aware, awareness, um, mindfulness even um, that the steps will will give me whether I like it or not uh, the fellowship also yeah I don't want to downplay that um, the the fellowship the, the step zero is critical you know lots of meetings lots of friends building um, I've had a lot of moments of connection which have spread spread out to my life in general in in getting um, I've never been the type of guy that has zillions and zillions of friends and popular and all that. And in program, I'm not either. I'm kind of more like, um, in, you know, we are who we are in program, meta program. So like, you know, I have, and, um, you know, I'll have my 10, 20, 30 people that I'm in contact, some closer, some more and getting those, those, those deep, honest, sharing, honestly, bringing the inside out. Um, so yeah, keep coming back. That's what I would say, you know, Thank you so much. Yeah, no, no. For, for me, the real, you know, getting the inside out, uh, it's a handful, but uh, but but it's a critical. It's critical. It's so important. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.